Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to actor, comedian, TV presenter and podcaster, the multi-talented Deirdre O'Kane. Every time I write a show, I think I don't have another one in me. I swear to God, it takes so much to write 80 minutes of material like it's just epic and even now I go on the stage and I love this show I think it's the best one I've written okay I think I've gotten better as a comic that's one of the that's one of the great beauties of getting older you don't get worse you don't get worse as an actor you get better you don't get worse as a comic you get better you get better at all of it you get better at presenting you get better at talking so that's a great plus yeah the only thing that doesn't get better is your face your Stop face <laughs> starts to fall into the sea but what can you do throw a bit of money at it and hope for the best you know, which is what i'm which is what i'm doing Deirdre lives in Dunleary in Dublin with her husband, writer and director Stephen Bradley and their teenage kids, Holly, who's 17, and Daniel, who's 13. She describes herself as an optimist who is at times competitive and self-critical. And in this conversation, we talk about motherhood, menopause, her fascinating career, the story behind the making of the film Noble and the contentment she feels at this stage of her life. And I start our chat by asking her about a recent trip to New York. I took herself, Miss 17-year-old, to New York for her birthday. Just the two of you, lovely. Just the two of us. It was absolutely delightful after two years of nothing. Yeah. The sight of busy, happening New York, honest to God, it was just so uplifting. And to see it, I felt like I was seeing it for the first time because I was seeing it through her eyes and she was... Mm. Just so excited. I mean, just 
going to Broadway to see shows and oh, oh, just the buzz of the place. It was electric. Yeah. And we got beautiful weather. So listen, you know, what can I tell you? It was glorious. And it sounds like like you get on very well because that's a tricky age for the I would imagine for the daughter mother um, relationship. Yeah, 17. yeah, we do. We do. We're very tight. Um, I mean, you know, she has her moments of you're annoying me. Yeah. Um, and I've just you, you. There's a lot of work in um, keeping stum and saying nothing. And but that is the only way to do it. To sometimes just go. <sighs> take a breath, turn around, say absolutely nothing. And it passes very quick. It's fine. So you're good at that. Now, that's a skill. I've learned. I'm, right, yeah. And and am eternally learning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as, yeah. As you are as a parent, who could have believed the work that would be involved in being yeah, a parent? It yeah. shocks me. Every day it shocks me. Yeah. Every day from the day <laughs> they were born, I am shocked by what I need to learn next and what by what I don't know. Because you, you think you're getting places and you're not. And then there's something else, I suppose. Yeah, all the different phases. But sure, I'm only at the beginning of it. So you're you're like you're you are the all knowing. <laughs> well, you're a little bit ahead, you're, you're, you know, because you've got what, four and then and then a newborn. So then, you're, yeah. you're, you're already dealing with two different stages. You're a toddler and baby and they're kind yeah. of different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of parent are you? What kind of mom are you? What would you describe yourself as? I don't know the I don't know the answer to that. Um, I like to think that I am fair um, and that they will come to me. That's kind of really what I want. Is that That's the reality? I think it is the reality. Yeah, Great. I think they would come to me. I think that I think that's actually all I only care about. If I if I achieve that, I'll be happy enough. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That if their things are yeah. going wrong, if anything is Troubling you know, going on in their lives, mm. yeah, that they will tell me that they will come to me. And that that's it's not a small thing to achieve either, because it's very easy when you hit the teenage stage. It's very easy to part company. It's very easy to um for that to not work you know I, yeah. I understand it when I see it with other people I, I I don't judge it I understand it very well yeah yeah, um, yeah so yeah I'm glad I'm very glad that we are we are close and that they're happy to hang out still hang out with us and you know that she was she's happy to come to New York with me you know she wasn't going hmm, yeah you. yeah you're clearly doing a brilliant uh, job and well, it listen, is I don't it, know no, I'm better at this stage. I, I'm better are at this older Interesting. people than right. I was with babies. Yeah, I wasn't great. I, I got to the point where I thought if I have to push another swing in a park, I, <laughs> I lose my mind. Yeah, I was terrible at that. Terrible, shocking. Was it because of it? It, it was just it was relentless. It's it was very very boring, and it's very yeah. um. <laughs> <laughs> very thankless Jesus wept you know you put in a certain number of hours and then you reach you think you've done great uh, yeah. and it's not over there's another five hours to go before bedtime and I just used to go okay I'm done I'm I need my brain needs I need an adult to talk to um yeah I was very shocked I took a year I took more than a year out to be to do it full time and um, I wouldn't do that again in a hurry now I would highly recommend work yes <laughs> working working parenting is uh, much easier much much easier i think mm, there you go and unless look, it's your vocation it, yes correct it is yeah. some women's vocation yeah but sure I, I would say that they're a minority I can't speak for everyone but you did take a complete break uh from stand-up 
when when they were really young. But it was just my instinct. I I just couldn't do it. I, yeah. I physically I'm not entirely sure that I can articulate why. Um, I I could put it down to probably a couple of things. They were little, and maybe my physical instinct was not to go out at night time and. Well, they were babies. I don't I just don't know. I mean, I because when Holly was four months old, when I just had her, I, I did write a show and I did go out on the road. Um, But when Dan came along and they were both little, I just I just didn't have the instinct to do with Sheila. I'm just not mm. entirely sure what that was about. But I, I wanted to be an actress as well. So I was very pulled. You know, I was pulled in two directions and it was easier to chase the acting because it demanded less of me. Yeah, okay. In a way, you know, like stand up is very demanding in the sense that you have to write it and then perform it and sell it and go on the road. You know, you're you're doing it all when you're doing mm. stand up. Whereas an actor, well, somebody else is going to write it, aren't they? And you're going to rock up and hopefully onto a set where somebody else might hold an umbrella over your head and somebody else will put a lunch in front of you. So it's a bit easier. Yeah. Um. So, but, you know, plans, plans. Of course, they didn't work out, but yeah for some reason anyway I just lost my mojo with stand-up and do you still feel that pull you know because you are so talented and if I was to call out all the things you've done like you have at this stage of your life and you are you're probably in a period of 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 really riding high like you're doing some amazing work but you have been I mean you look at what you've done between telly and film and stand-up between TV presenting, now podcasting. I mean, God, you've really, you've really done it all. I have done it all, but I, I don't, I only see that as a necessity. I, I just think this is an industry where yeah. you won't be working mm. 10 months a year if you're not doing it all. That, I mean, that's essentially how I see it, you know. But not everybody can do what you do. Like, I, I, I how many other people have done the type of work that you've done between acting, between serious roles, comedy, stand up? the telepresenting, that's, you know, that multi-talented skill base is, I would imagine, quite rare. Well, do you know what? I, I yeah, Well, look, thank you. I'll take it. Why why not just take yeah. it, Deirdre? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but thank you very much. But I also, um, it's interesting because when I was coming up as an actress, there was a belief that you couldn't do it all, that if you if you became a presenter, you couldn't then be an actress because people at home would have seen you being you. And how can they then believe you as an actor? And there's an element of truth in that. But those lines have blurred with time because now it's become more and more and more about um, a brand and how many followers you have on, online and which are things that didn't exist when I began. Sure. But I, I remember being extremely worried, extremely worried about being a stand-up. And in fact, I was very, very resistant to it, which is my, I, I walked away from it several times because I still wanted to be an actor. And I thought that, uh, that it would stop me. I thought that people would not cast me in dramatic roles. And to a point, I'm, I'm right. There's a, there's a truth to that. But, but in the end, actually, I probably became more well known through as a stand up, which did uh, then help me be cast as an actor. So I think in the end, I think I just thought, you know what, you, there are no rules, really. Yeah, it's up to you. It's up to you to just go with where your instinct is, is taking you and try not to worry about how it's going to impact this, that or the other thing. Just do the feckin' work that's in front of you. Yeah. 
a bit of the bird in the hand kind of a thing. Yeah. And right now, the the work is your 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 show, your tour, Demented. Yes. 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 Um, thank you for mentioning it. <laughs> I mean, the title came from you know being demented, two years of nothing, and yeah, COVID and teenagers and all of us in the house and, and homeschooling. Uh, a bit of that I, I didn't last very long now we're Did literally you not? talking three or four months all right that was the end of that um, no that was a that's pretty good three or four months that's that's long yeah I probably dressed it up <laughs> I could probably say two or three months <laughs> I think there might have I think we might have done two <laughs> and okay. then it was just this is pointless um, off you go to stop yeah yeah <laughs> I don't think yeah. you were on your own in that. Speaking to a lot of pals of mine who had older kids, they, they, you know, I think there was a lot that was unsaid by people going, Jesus, this is awful hurt. It just depended on where they were. It was Dan. Dan was in sixth class, uh, so he didn't have an iPad. Holly had an iPad and was going to school. She was going online to school. So, so she, she was, she was self-sufficient. Mm. She didn't need anything. He was just... <laughs> <laughs> giving out charts and he knows it all and I know nothing so you know what are you going to do with that oh yeah okay uh, yeah I mean in the end I was like I'll tell you what we'll do we'll watch a documentary we'll watch a movie something <laughs> that has a bit of education and that I might learn something and you might learn something so we tried a bit of that that didn't work either you know we had a romantic period for everything and then I just said oh, here raise yourself so raise I, yourself <laughs> so am I right in thinking from what you've said already about but Holly and Dan is 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 the relationship with Dan the trickier one is it or is it just the trickier age that, or is the fact uh, he's a boy that goes that depends on what stage you're at because sometimes okay. she's the tricky one and right. sometimes he is and mercifully I don't seem to get the two of them being tricky together okay that's which is marvelous. Because yeah, it is. If, you, if you, you can one, okay, you're wrecking my head, and now it's you wrecking my head. And now it's you have solved that, and now it's you. So you know, I hope people who have more than two, God bless them. I oh don't yeah, know how they manage? No, no, I don't either. Um, I absolutely no. don't. We're so I done. Um, very happy now and all the rest, but absolutely family. Happy is and grateful and all that. that. That's all a given, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so the show basically is a reflection of what you've gone through, the madness of the pandemic, and being stuck at home as we all were. Well, actually, I talk very little about um, the stuck at home. I talk, I talk more about the fact that I aged two years at a time when I couldn't afford to. Um, but I couldn't afford not to be putting my best face forward and to age two years, you know, without anybody getting a look at me. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and that I've, I've become a woman of a certain age. It's more about that and hitting um, menopause and the hormones and my hormones and her hormones and, you know, both in the same house at the same time. Uh, the battle of the hormones, you know, as yes. they leave me and they transfer to her. Yes. Um, so it's all of it's it's all of that actually. Um. Uh. My my dad also passed away a couple of years ago, and I I started oh, writing with him, which was a surprise to me. Uh. I didn't think I would. I didn't think I wa- was going to write about my father, but his voice seemed to be. Uh, very present in my head, and uh, and it was a wonderful thing to do. Very cathartic and. Uh, makes still makes me laugh when I when I deliver the stuff on stage. It makes me laugh. It makes me. It's good, you know. Yeah. I I like if people have passed and you're still talking about them. Then I suppose it creates a a presence, doesn't it? Yes, you're keeping their spirit alive. Yeah. 
And where you even close? though I'm slagging him off and I'm not convinced he'd be entirely happy with happy, what I'm okay. saying. I do know that he'd be very happy that I'm making money. So <laughs> he, he was all about, or oh, just make a living love, doesn't matter, you know, just whatever it takes. So I know that I'd be forgiven on that basis. <laughs> So that's fine. And did <laughs> they, did they, were they, were they into it? Were, were they into the fact that you were, you know, very creative, very artistic? Um, they were into it in the, in the sense that they didn't oppose it, okay. you know, but I, I don't know that they got it particularly. I think they just thought uh, this one is into the acting. Like, what's that? Do you know, over there or somewhere. Okay, and, okay. Um, but I think they enjoyed they definitely enjoyed when when I when I was hired, you know, when I, when I had work that I was actually paid for. I think they were quite shocked that that was even possible. God Almighty, can I can you actually make a living as an actor? You know, like is that actually possible? So I think when they saw it, you know, but at the same time, God Almighty, you know, is it ever enough? You know, hmm. you do one job and and people think Where, where's the next one and where's your Oscar and where's your BAFTA and how, how high are you going to go? You know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they, I think they've enjoyed it. So he, he passed away obviously pre pandemic. So you got to have the, you know, the normal funeral and, um, marking of somebody's life. Yes. So, thank God. Yeah. 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 I'm very glad we, we had that. I really feel for people who haven't had that. That's like, that's a terrible sadness on top of a great sadness. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we were, we were lucky. Uh, was it a year before? Maybe a, maybe a full year before, I think, or maybe a bit less. It was August he died. Um, okay. So, yeah, he was very sick when I was dancing with the stars. Okay. And I, I, I was very glad he got to see that. Yes. Because he was really watching a lot of telly. I mean, the telly was such a comfort. My God, would he ever say a bad word about television? When you're not well, it is such a comfort. My father loved sport. He was a big golfer and... He was just able to watch golf and watch sport and put his bets on and enjoy it. You know, it was, mm. gave him so much pleasure. I remember thinking, what would he do without that telly? It was just such a comfort. Um, and anyway, he got to watch the Dance with the Stars and he, he loved that. So that was that meant a lot to me. And I would imagine it did because you did brilliant in that. Like you were in the, the final show, like you made it to the last week, which is an unbelievable achievement. You did so well. Yeah, I don't know how I was. You were great. That's head. why. And people loved you. <laughs> you were really brilliant on it. Yeah, well, I, I wrote an entire show about it afterwards. Did uh, you? Yeah. I got, so I got an hour and 15 minutes of material <laughs> out of that. Four it was months. worth it. Uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. And I went on the road with, with that show, which I loved doing as well for a year. There was just so much in it. Like it's, it's epic. It's an epic thing to do. It's just so out there. I, it, it, that sounds, I know people who are listening can't even grasp that, but it's maybe it's because it's live and because you're doing something that's so far out of your comfort zone that if you are already a professional in that arena, the last thing that you actually want to do is step outside of your comfort zones, do something that you're not good at, even you might be all right at, and present yourself to the nation uh, live. It's high, high risk. It's so high risk. Um, yeah. That, yeah, it, and it would take you very high and then very low and then very high and then very low, which seems to be a theme anyway in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a theme for most most people who perform. Jesus, how do we, how I don't know how we're meant to stay 
on a level. Did you change from being part of it? I just feel like it did test a lot of people in so many different ways that maybe they didn't realize they were going to be tested. God, you know, that's a great question. I'm not sure I know the answer to it. Um, I think it, it, I was, I, I was definitely very far out of my comfort zone to see the making of the VTs. I found them incredibly difficult. Okay. Um, because I guess there's a, there's a cheesy element to the show. Yeah, you know, of course and there da, is. Da, 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 and I, I think I was very bad at embracing that. Yeah. I, I actually thought Grania was amazing. I thought she embraced it in the right way. She was very open to, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to have fun doing this. Whereas I think I may have, I think I have a competitive nature. And I think I, without even knowing, I didn't think it through or anything, but I just think I allowed that to take over. And I'm very self-critical. And I think I was very hard on myself, extremely hard on myself. Were you? And I, I, I probably would have had more fun if I'd lightened up a little bit. Um, okay. But I don't know. I, I guess I, I just put myself under. I put myself under a lot of pressure. I expected myself to probably to do well. I pushed myself. I would have been disappointed in myself if I hadn't, you know, and it's so crazy in a way because I'm so much of it is out of your hands. The voting mm. system is kind of mad. I don't know if it even works really, but um. Yeah, do you know what? If anything at all, I probably learned, would you ever f- relax? It might be time to just stop, um, to relax a bit. I think that's probably what I have taken from it. And is that something that you can do? Relax? Or do you struggle I with am, being still? I'm, I'm definitely having a different attitude to this show and this tour. I'm definitely okay. taking each audience... I used to get terribly disappointed if each venue wasn't sold out or if this wasn't. And now I'm going... If there are 80% of the room, people in the room, they have bought a ticket. Just play to the people in the room. Stop looking, finding the negative. Stop expecting it to be all things, you know what I mean? So I, I have, I am better at going, just be in the moment and do it for these people who are in front of you and be grateful for the fact that they've, they're out, they've got a babysitter, they've bought a ticket, you know. I do think I have learned because I, I did it took it took a lot out of me and I think I didn't have to I could have been I could have gone with more more of the fun. Yeah, okay. I want to kind of go back now to your younger years when you were in boarding school because I read somewhere that you know you really you became very independent very early on because of that because you were away from home and you kind of even though you were in a structured environment you were away from your mom and dad in your home environment. Uh, so it did allow you or forced you to grow up a lot quicker. Um, looking back on it now, how did it change you, I suppose? How did that experience of going to boarding school shape the person you became? I think just what you said, it, it forces you to be independent. Um, it's it's not a choice. You're, it's not a choice that you're making. Um, you're just... When your parents aren't on hand to solve your problems, then you just have to do it yourself, um, work it out in your own head. I I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, to be honest with you. I think that depends on the child, actually. Right. Um, did you all go to boarding school? We all did. All okay. five of us. Yeah. And I have a couple of siblings who really didn't like it and okay. probably shouldn't have been there. Whereas I 
was a very easy personality. I, I, I can kind of, I'm a bit of a chameleon and I'll fit in. I will, I will find a way to fit in, in a room. Um, do you know what I mean? Okay. I, I, I can, yeah, I can make myself comfortable pretty much anywhere. I'm, I'm easy enough in the world. Um, so I think I could just navigate it more, more easily. Yeah. Um, Where does that come from? I'm not sure. I, I, I often think we arrive with these personalities. When I look at babies, I think nature, nurture. Now, what am I looking at? Yeah, here? yeah, And yeah. it doesn't matter what amount of nurture I'm, I'm going to give this child. She's She's got this will and this personality that came yeah. fully formed. You know, yes, yeah. you can. Of course, you can guide and, and try to mold. But it's in there. It's, mm, mm. it's it's absolutely in there. Yeah. And how much of it is genetic and is from your parents? I, I don't know. Um, my mother is a very independent spirit for sure, and I I do think I'm quite like her. Right. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's let's give her a bit of credit for the independent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, wildness. I mean, I tell you what, boarding school does. It's um. There's advantages and disadvantages. The advantages are I wouldn't have thought twice about getting on a plane to go anywhere by myself at the age of 17 when I left school. Wow. And I never thought twice about going anywhere alone and in fact went many places alone and I'm still very happy in my own company. I don't have to be in company. Um, I think that comes from being in a boarding school. Were you were you a good boarder? Jesus, I was so innocent. It was beyond a joke. Beyond a joke. I didn't even, I don't think I even joined the world until I was in sixth year. I, I suddenly got to sixth year and went, what is this? What, what is this? <laughs> what is this place that I am in? It was like I suddenly woke up really? and went, oh my God. Okay. I have to get out of here. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it happened overnight, like around Christmas time. I suddenly went, oh Jesus, no, I, I, this has to end. I've got to get out into the world. But I honestly, I think I was in a bit of a... So what, you're talking like 16, 17 point. probably? Yeah. That age. 16, about to hit 17, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Very sheltered, very hidden away, you know. And was really. it... Yeah. Was it a Catholic? I presume it was a Catholic boarding oh, school. Oh God, yeah. Up up until up until fifth year, we were going to mass seven mornings a week before oh, breakfast. Wow, seven mornings. Wow, seven mornings. And like, that, doesn't that make me sound like a very old person? And I'm I'm in, I'm fifty four. Like I I when I say that now, I think I makes me sound like I'm seventy. Yeah, I know or, what you mean. Or more. It's so it's so out there. So when that kind of switch went off, and you went right now, I you know. I want to go out there. I want to, I want to see what's out there. Um, was that it? Was that it? You just packed your bag and kind of finished school and off you went or where, like what happened right after school? Well, unfortunately for me, I wanted to be an actress, but there was no clear path to do that. I knew I wanted to be an actress, um, from when I was very young really. And, uh, but there was no, um, gated schools or, drama schools like there are loads now but they didn't exist then and nobody seemed to be able to advise me as to how to go about this so um I repeated the leave and search out of kind of what else would I do um yeah it was literally like that and I and um I think I applied to go to the college of marketing and all right I I went I went and while I was there uh the Gaiety school started their first 
ever acting course, which was a nine week course. Yeah. The very, very first one. I think it was 1987. And I applied for it and they made quite a big deal of it because it was the first one and hundreds applied, apparently. Anyway, I got a place while I was in the College of Marketing and hopped on the bus from Mount Joy Square over to oh, wow. uh, Bag- Bagot Street. And I had I was so penniless. I was so broke. I remember getting a bus from Mount Joy Square and I would get on. I wouldn't buy a ticket, so I would get on the bus and if the conductor was downstairs. I would go up and when he came up, I would go down and when he would go down, I would go up and I would do this until I got to Bagot Street and I'd hop off. Ah, oh, stop. <laughs> Yeah, the stress of it, I'd say. The stress, which I didn't give a damn. I was just a little scallywag. Like, just I didn't have the money and I had to be there at a certain time. I didn't care. It was like, needs must. That's what it felt like, you know. So you got through, you did the course. I did the nine week course, um, which wasn't enough for me. If ever ever a kid needed training, it was me um, because I had no discipline and I needed, I really did need to learn. So I, I... that's I guess that's a kind of a regret because I think it would have made a big difference. I wouldn't have had to learn everything the hard way, I feel, if I had been to drama school for two years. I think it might have instilled a bit of professionalism in me, whereas I just didn't have any. I had to I really had to learn that the hard way by not getting jobs and wondering why afterwards. Um but uh, it was a beginning. It was a beginning. They, uh, Joe Dowling was the man who was running the course and he was doing a production of Boris Boy and the Gaiety. And we were asked if we wanted to be, you know, walk-ons, extras in it. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Um, so when I went as a little walk-on with one line and that was the start of me. Yeah. You know, yeah. That got me. I was up and running. And so I was away. actually only 18 when I went straight into the acting business. Yeah. Wow. Which I did for 10 straight years uh, before I became a comic. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How did that come about? It came about entirely by accident through Stephen, my husband, who um, I'm not sure was he was my husband at the time, but uh, I think I was giving him a giving him a shot. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he was asked, would he make a documentary about the Kilkenny cat laps? 
ah, okay. uh, festival. Yeah. And I was an unemployed actress tearing my hair out, the usual, like all actors do, giving out yards. There's no work. What am I meant to do? Yada, yada, yada. And Steve was making the show and he said, well, why don't you come down with me as a as a dog's body, as a runner, be a, be a runner. I'll give you, here's a laminate, make tea, yeah, run around. Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay, like, like a kind of bored teenager. And off I went and it was literally a road to Damascus moment. I mean, I had never really seen any stand-up. I'd, I'd really seen so practically nothing live and very little on the television. Yeah. So to see this was just like my jaw hit the floor. I couldn't believe it. There was 40 comics and I had this laminate, which to me was like gold at us because I could just go in and out of different shows all the time. And uh, and I was just blown away by it. So you were you always dreamed of being an actor going into that mm. world. But comedy mm. wasn't necessarily something you thought of until this moment. But you were clearly naturally gas. <laughs> like people would have said you were you funny. I don't think they would have said it was any funnier than anyone else. I mean, I don't think I was standout funny ever. Or is that you just know, you saying that about yourself? I think that's okay. true. Okay. I, don't, I mean, the girls at school are just like bewildered by this career. Go away. They're like, God, you were just for the birds. You were just an airhead, you know. <laughs> I mean, I was funny in the sense that I used to get up and impersonate teachers. That That's the one thing I did do. And I would yeah. get laughs. And I was always cast in as one of the leads in the school show. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there was that. There was always that. But I was certainly not bringing the house down now, but I definitely wasn't. Um, but I was, as an actor, I had been cast in in quite a few comedic roles, for sure. Yeah. Because you could just do it. And so if you read for a funny part, it's just in you. You know, you can't, that's the one thing that you cannot learn and you cannot teach. You cannot teach something. Comic timing. It's just mm. innate. Yeah. Right, it's just in there. Um, so anyway, back to Kilkenny. Back. If someone had said to me that I would become a stand-up comic, I would I wouldn't have known what they were talking about. I wouldn't have really understood what it was. What okay. it meant nothing. It wasn't even vaguely in my sights. Wow. Nor did I want it particularly. Even when I chased it, I didn't particularly want it. I that this was one of my this is one of my big mistakes in life that I didn't understand how valuable it was until relatively recently i i did it as almost as a filler i thought well that'll fill a gap until i get my next acting job so i sort of used it in a way i didn't see it as a i didn't put it on a par with my acting work wow okay and that was uh yeah and that was very short-sighted of me I would imagine as in terms of because I, I, I found definitely as the years have gone on, I'm doing a lot more self-reflection than I ever would have done in my younger years. Um, and then depending on what you do for a living, I suppose you're kind of forced into doing that. I, w- I would imagine what you do. Oh, I've been doing it for years. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't I, w- I wouldn't be getting by if I wasn't doing all of that. But I only started to do it uh I probably picked up my first like self-help book. I remember Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I think I was probably well into my 20s. I might have been um, late 20s. That's young. I might have even been 30. Yeah. I suppose. But when you look at the kids now, you know, they have just so much available to them in terms of mental health and guidance. I, I envy them that. Mm. I envy them that because we were just staggering around in the dark, yeah. not knowing what was going on. Um not knowing how to process things. We just didn't have a clue, you know. Um, 
I feel like there's an awful lot out there to help them and support them if they want it. Mm. Even if you wanted to become a comic now, I my God, you just go onto YouTube and watch everyone, hear everyone's opinion. You can learn so much just from going online. I had barely seen a comic until until I went to Kilkenny. There was no such thing as the internet. Yeah, there was no yeah, yeah. there was no live com very little live comedy. There was one room in Dublin, the International Bar upstairs. That was it. And it was a fledgling thing. The wonderful thing about stand-up is you you can make it as a comic, I think, relatively quickly because very good people stand out okay. and they do well fast because they stand out. Uh, and I, I made my way quickly. Um, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't understand how well I was doing. I didn't get that for years. But, you know, you don't get asked to come back and you don't get given the spots unless you're doing well in the room. Yeah. Um, so I, I was doing well. So I, I just got booked. Um and that was it. And that was it. So this new show, Demented, and as you said there, you're talking about this transition that you're in now with your daughter. Um, you know, hormones are, are are raging and, um, you know, we all know, well, we kind of forget, but we can bring ourselves back to the time when we were 16, 17 and things are changing. And then you're in this phase in your life in your early 50s where menopause is is very real and it's a, it's a, it's a rite of passage for all women. And yet... You know, back in the day, it was seen as, I ah, sure, that's it now. You know, hang up your boots. Your time is over. And we know that's not the case. So sad, isn't it? So sad. It's so sad. I feel terribly sorry for, yeah. for the ger- generation, really, just before us. Yeah. You know, you know, what's really funny. There's a there's a rush on uh, HRT. You can't get it. At the moment. It's really hard to get it. OK. There's a rush. There's a run on it. Yeah. Literally. And I keep having this conversation every time I go down to the chemist and I'd say, what's going on? What's the story? And they'd say, oh, sure, everyone's on it. Every, everyone's on it. And I, and this is new. And I'm, and I'm realizing that the only reason there's a run on HRT and that it, this is happening is because everybody is talking about it finally. Yes, finally. Women are finally actually talking about it without a sense of shame and mortification and, um, and therefore, everybody's a bit more educated and going out and helping themselves, yeah, which is great. what we should have been doing for years. Correct. So it's amazing, right? Oh, of course um, it is. Absolutely it is. But I wouldn't have thought, you know, it's really funny because I, I wouldn't, I never liked the word menopause. And people used to say, oh, that's not coming into my house. I'm not having that. I'm not going to be engaging in that. And I probably would have spoken like that and thought, yeah, no, no, I won't be. I won't be engaging with that. It's a bit like age, you know, the way you used to think, oh, I'm not going to declare that I'm 50. I'm not going to declare that I'm 60. I'm going to try and hide all that. And then that all just becomes extremely boring and high maintenance to do that. Uh, and I get very bored of any kind of pretense very quickly. So so I'd be announcing I'm going to be 50 three years before I'm 50 or even calling myself 50 long before I was. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, what age you now? Oh, I don't know. Could be 60. Could be, could, <laughs> so here's 60. Like I, I've just kind of given up. Yeah. I don't care. It bores the arse off me. Yeah. And I was the same with the whole menopause thing. I was like, oh, here it is. Here it is. I'm a basket case. Um, and really all I can see ultimately is the funny side. And I, I really wanted to write about it from a, I thought there was an awful lot to say from the funny point of view. Yeah. Um, it's There's far too much 
Joel was talking about it like it's cancer and whispered tones. I'm like, seriously, that's got to stop. Yeah. It's, yeah it yeah. almost seems quaint to me that it's a thing, that it's still a thing, that it's still a taboo thing. It's like, wow, really? How is this possible? It's This is 2022, is it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> check yeah. You, um, <laughs> you know, are, are we really, is it still, is this still, uh, do you know what I mean? I totally, I totally know what you mean. I totally know what you mean. I mean, I, I've had many as a conversation um, with people about it I'm fully aware that it's around the corner for me I feel actually obviously it'll be different when I'll I tell you I'm the oracle I'll tell you anything you need to know I'll be calling on you yeah, so I'm the oracle I've done it all I've researched it I talk about it on stage yeah very funny all the different things I've taken and tried and all that well can I ask is it a recent thing is it the last few years it really kicked in or because I know people who you know late 30s start to feel the perimenopausal symptoms like rocking in and I don't want to dwell on it I suppose I just want to get a sense of where you're at because what I want to actually say was look at what you're doing now look at the kind of work you're doing now look at the gigs you're getting do you know what I mean it's not the case of oh yeah when a woman hits a certain age that's it she's done she might as well just go home and bake scones do you know what I mean you're doing brilliant really interesting work very cool stuff and you're um I think people are seeing you in a different light all the time. You're you're very successful now at a phase in your life when back in the day that would not have been the norm. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I do know. I mean, there was always a a fear that as you got older, you know, as an actress, you were you were going to be cast. I mean, if I was still being an actor now, I would most certainly I wouldn't be playing the mother roles. I'd be playing the grandmother roles. Do you think? That's that's oh, 100 percent. Really? 100 percent. Yeah, well, most definitely, because that is the way on, on film. Yeah. I mean, okay. even in Moon Boy, you know, I, I was the mother, but I mean, I, I had a grandchild, you know. My, oh, my yeah, eldest, you did, yeah. My eldest daughter had a child and I was very young. Yeah. You know, I was only coming up for 40 then. So that's the way it is until yeah, you're okay. always, um, you're always playing older, always, because you're you're never young enough. Um. I think that's probably what I love about the stand-up. It's so independent and nothing matters other than the writing. It's all just comes down to you and the jokes and how good they are. Yeah. You know, nobody has a say really in how well you do at it. Um, apart from the audience, but, but really it all rests with you. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm like, if I had to depend on being hired as an actor or a broadcaster or a presenter, if I had to depend on that, I think I'd lose. I think I would lose the plot. Mm. I think I would lose the plot because I think it does something terrible to you psychologically that I think it's uh, other people having a control over your career. I've been there, you know, I've done that. I've been yeah, an actor. Yeah. I've, I've, fa- I've done all of those rejections and been close to a job and close to a job and close to a job and not gotten them. And I've been there a hundred times, 10 times over. And the same with the um, television work, waiting to hear, are you going to get a commission? Are you going to get another series? Oh, geez. I just, I'm just like, I, I actually, I just couldn't do, I couldn't do that anymore. So you took the control the stand back. up is, yeah, the stand up is control. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. And it's a, a real gift because, you know, I still want to do those other things. Yeah. But 
I, you know, but I'm not utterly dependent on them. I suppose that's the thing. It's like, I guess that's what's so good about the podcasting world, too. Yeah. That has given a lot of people independence from broadcasters, something that I think really needed to happen. It's helped to break a lot of comics as well. It was, it was extremely difficult to get to get a break as a comic. You had to get on the telly or work the roads for years to build up your name. It was very hard. So the podcasting is fascinating. Isn't it, it is. I love it. Um, yeah change switching up the industry in lots of different ways big time and mm. another example i suppose where you did take the the power back are you were you were the you were leading it was when you and your husband decided to make the movie about christina noble yeah i mean the christina story noble is is very special there's the odd thing in your there are defining moments in your life i think um one of them being my arriving in Lucani to see stand up for the first time and having a moment of what is this a moment of revelation and Christina was certainly another defining moment um Steve you know actors give out a lot um <laughs> about looking for work and not being cast it just it goes with the territory it's it's such a frustrating it's such a frustrating job yeah. but um so you know we moan lot so steve is a filmmaker and a writer and so he's he can't be listened to at that moment he's like <laughs> well just do it yourself write something for yourself i go i was like i'm not a writer that's not what i do he thinks everybody can write it's very annoying, very annoying. like we can't we don't all have that talent love that's not everybody has that i'm a good talker <laughs> you know what i mean i'm not necessarily good at writing the shit down anyway he wasn't having any of it he was like just find a bloody project for yourself and stop moaning start researching find a woman find a, an historical figure somebody that you would like to make a film about and just bloody do it Anyway, this became a little bugbear between us because every now and again he would ask me months later, well, have you found anything? Okay. Like, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Stop asking me. Um, and, you know, and I did actually research all kinds of everyone from Countess Markovich right the way through. And would this be interesting? Is that interesting? Is this interesting? Is she interesting? And I just thought, well, that's all too expensive. Period films and yada yada. And it won't go anywhere. And right. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, for whatever reason, I had read Christina's books when I was in my 20s as a young one. And she used to pop up every now in the Late Late Show and this show and the other show. And anyone who read Christina's books, this was not unique to me. Sure. Anyone who read about her was dumbfounded by what she had come through, what she had, the life that she had lived, which everyone you know, know now knows as extreme poverty in Ireland and uh, a gang rape and a child given up for adoption and domestic abuse and you name it. She had it yeah, thrown at her yeah. and still stands. She is extraordinary. Um, but anyway, it was what she went on to achieve, you know, saving literally hundreds of thousands of children's lives in Vietnam that I just thought this woman was just, this is off the scale. I just was fascinated by her. So anyway, she, when I would see her and I would think, I think that my thought was, I'm just really meant to be doing something with this woman. I didn't know whether it was meant to volunteer or go to Vietnam, but I just knew that she was going to cross my path okay, somehow, well. that there was something, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was that I, I'd never occurred to me that it would, would be a film or anything like it. But, you know, on my 40th birthday, I was pregnant with Daniel and Steve said, what do you want? We were living in London. I said, I just want a nice lunch. Just take me out for a nice lunch. And we were going to have a party. And I was 
probably about five months pregnant. I said, maybe come and shop with me. It's something to wear that will just look half decent at this party. So that's what I want. So we sat down at the lunch and Steve said he hadn't said it to me for ages. And he just said, so what's this film idea? What's it going to be? Right. To God, at this stage, I wanted to throttle okay. because we had really almost come to blows. But it out of my mouth, I without any thought whatsoever, I just said, I said, there's only one person that I want to make a film about, and that's Christina Noble. Mm. And that wasn't a mm. thought I'd had. I hadn't formulated that as a thought. It just came out of my mouth. I don't know how, how do these things happen? Mm. You know, it's mm. just, but I was no sooner out of my mouth than I could barely finish the lunch. I was like, I need to go now because I want to find out immediately if the rights to her books have been acquired already by somebody. And I was on, like, I mean, when I went home, I was online. I was I was trying to find out that day about the book and yeah. the rights. And the rights were, had been bought by other people and had been acquired by other people. Right. And it took us two years to get them. Okay. But um, you got and them. That's why, that's why the noble story was in our lives four or five years. It took two years to get the rights. Mm. And within that time, Steve started writing the screenplay and, you know, we started. So you were confident you were going to get them? You're going to get the rights at this stage. I at that stage, I I am an eternal optimist, okay. ultimately. And, you know, Steve was a filmmaker, so he was much more practical and trying to rein me in and a kind of a listen, this is not this is not easy. This is not an easy gig. And getting to play her would be the biggest challenge, because obviously I am not a star. And even if I am known in Ireland, that counts for nothing. In terms of making a film, it wouldn't you wouldn't be able to open any, a second supermarket in terms of what your name could lend to a production. It just doesn't count. You, you, you know, you're not on the list. You're not on a list of people who can bring finance. OK, um, OK. So there. So that was going to be an enormous challenge. Because initially when you said that I'm not a star, I felt like I wanted to defend you saying that because do you know what I mean? Because I suppose yeah. to us here, you are. But I, I, I get what you're trying to say when you're you're trying to pitch it out. Yeah, OK. Yeah, in terms of making movies, right? unless you're going to make a very independent small film, mm. you're not going to get any finance on the back of somebody that is not a name. And you'd be surprised by the number of people who do not qualify as a name. You'd be surprised. Really? Because it, they're like, unless they're up there, you know, with right. the, with the Sears Ronans, you're, you're just forget about it. Okay, okay. So that was the situation. So he was trying to make me keep it real. And I was being Mrs. I can and I will. Fair play to you. Yeah, <laughs> I do have. Um, I think when I get obsessed by a thing, I kind of don't don't drop it. I, I that's changing, unfortunately, with time, although. Well, we'll see. I don't know. It's still in there, I think. Um, I'm just a bit more practical, probably. <laughs> But uh, the story of how we raised the money and how it all happened is really epic, and I should I should write about it sometime because it's it's just it's an amazing thing what happened. But yes. anyway, that was my fortieth birthday, and off we went. And we, as you know, the the story ended up with us making the movie, and it took yeah, and it was fabulous. It took it took up five years of our lives, so yeah, it was hugely hugely important and. It was a it was a special thing to do. So I would I would say it's it's an obvious one. That's a major career highlight of yours. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for is sure. acting because at one point you kind of spoke about actually acting in the past tense. Is it in the past? No, no. it's not. Um, 
Now, if there's no offers on the table, mm. <laughs> there's nobody saying, will you come and do this? But I, I kind of think they will. Um, I, I expect it to come back to me. Good. Um, relatively soon because it's been a gap and that's how it goes. That's how it goes with acting. Uh, it, it seems to um, ebb and flow in, in, in years. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of expecting somebody to come to me with something mm, soon. Good. I could be wrong, but. Are you going to manifest? You're going to manifest that. Sounds like you're somebody who does. I think believe. I will. Yeah. I think I'd like to. I think I'd like to. Do you know what? I when I was in New York, I went to see uh, Billy Crystal in Mister Saturday Night, and he's seventy four years old, and to see him hopping around the stage like a young thing. A class. I adore him. You know, I absolutely yeah. adore him. But he's a comic. I didn't know he was still going. He's doing hosted shows. the Oscars yeah. nine times, and there he was skipping on the Broadway stage being brilliant, being absolutely brilliant. And I was very inspired. I thought, wow, he's 20 years older than me. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just keep going. Love let's it. just keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. Who would retire? Who would retire? What is that about? What would you do with yourself? Do you never see a day when you'll I, you'll um, you'll pack it in? Never. No. Yeah, I really don't. Uh, I, I mean, unless it packs me up, then you don't have a choice. But um, no, I've, I, I've, I've tried doing nothing and I don't do well. I don't, I don't flourish when, when I don't have things to do. Yes. Uh, a bit of excitement, a bit of excitement. Showbiz excitement. Yeah. I, I need, I actually need that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually need it. Yeah. Yeah. I get too bored. Well, it's, it seems like you're in a very creative phase at the moment. Um, do you think things are just going to go up and up from where you're at now? I just don't know. You know, the, every time I write a show, I think I don't have another one in me. I swear to God, it takes so much to write 80 minutes of material. Like, it's just epic. And even now I go on the stage and I love this show. I think it's the best one I've written. OK, I think I've gotten better as a comic. That's one of the that's one of the great beauties of getting older. You don't get worse. You don't get worse as an actor. You get better. You don't get worse as a comic. You get better. You get better at all of it. You get better at presenting. You get better at talking. So that's a great plus. Yeah. The only thing that doesn't get better is your face. Your Stop face <laughs> starts to fall into the sea. But what can you do? Throw a bit of money at it and hope for the best. You know, which is what I'm. Which is what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> please, please let my face give me ten more years. <laughs> like that. Uh, well, look. I don't know if things are going to go keep going up, but I, I want them to. I, I I want them to. I I quite like the idea. I kind of think it will keep me young, maybe as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the stand up will keep me young, give me a bit of edge, and just not let me slip too gently into um, middle old age. And on a good day, I feel like a young one, and I think I'm fabulous. Yeah. And on a bad day, I feel ancient. Yeah. Okay. So. Is that not how it is for yeah, it all? Yeah, it is, of course. It is, of course. Depends a course. on a, a good day, a bad yeah. day. I mean, your kids will make you feel like the most irrelevant thing on the planet. Yeah. They just think you're an absolute <laughs> dose. They just think, what do you know? They're looking at you like, what do you actually know? You know, it's just hilarious. <laughs> so do they not think that you're hilarious. cool? Because you're a pretty cool mom to me, like. I like, that's what I try yeah, to yeah, tell yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me, 
excuse me, do you understand what's happening here? Even even when I get them tickets for things, I, I say, thank you very much. I got you that because I'm connected to that person. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's th- you can thank me for yeah. that. Yeah, do you understand? It's because I'm cool because I know that person and I can ask them for a favor. Do you understand? And I'm spelling it out and they're still going, really? Really? Mm-hmm. I think so. Oh, come here, Deirdre. Thanks a million. I've loved, I've loved the chat and I know you probably have to leg it now and do drop-offs and collections and all that crack. But um, And we didn't even look at it. We didn't even get to scratch the surface. There was so much more I could have spoken to you about but all the different gigs you've done. But um, it was lovely to hear you speak about how Noble came about. Thank you so much for your time and I look forward to seeing what you do next. Best luck with the tour. By the way, if anyone wants to get tickets, just go to your website, isn't that it? DeirdreOkane.net. That's where all the tickets are on sale and I'm pretty much all over the country. Great stuff. Thanks a million. Really appreciate it. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow, rate and review in all the usual places. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.